Hey, what's up, and welcome back. We, it's been a long time since we've done a ripe review. <laughs> <laughs> since August. Yeah, since August, but I'm here, Joe. And uh, this is Sean. Yeah, we're, we're coming back at you with uh, some Ghostbusters. Or, you know, should we say uh, Dr. O'Rourke and... Uh... And Dr. Lascoli? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, before we before we get into this though, I just want to say thanks again, and I hope you guys have enjoyed our our ghost giving for Thanks Garbage this year and celebrating all things Ghostbusters. We had two great watch alongs of Ghostbusters one and two, and we still got some uh, real Ghostbusters um, episodes coming out. Uh, I think one just dropped the day before, and you're gonna get another one tomorrow. And keep an eye out for that commentary track for uh, Ghostbusters 2016 over on Patreon, and you can catch those replays of Ghostbusters one and two over on Patreon as well at the five or ten dollar tiers. Yep. Along with uh, everything else, you know, all the old watch-alongs uh, throughout the year that we did, uh, commentary tracks, and those minisodes like we did last month, the ALF and uh, Family Matters Halloween specials. Oh, yeah. And, of course, uh, he's on the poster, Joe. <laughs> Franken turkey. Franken turkey, baby. You get the fucking Neutrona one, the, the uh, nuclear accelerator, and the trap. You get the whole damn thing. You get the whole damn thing over there. Yeah, you, we got it from Egon's fucking dirt farm, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> so yeah, we hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, so yeah, with that being said, uh, we... Uh, this past Friday, uh, we went to go see Ghostbusters Afterlife in IMAX. Yeah. Uh, Sean, Sean and myself and, uh, and our uh, better halves went to go see it after a nice little nice little, nice little, little dinner and, and, and a movie. Yep. And um, yeah, spoilers, we liked it a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, on these ripe reviews, we usually like to give a little bit spoiler free in the beginning before we really get into all the details of the film. Yeah. So I just want to say this up front. For people that are, I, I know a couple people that just are are going into this film with the idea that it's going to suck because there's kids are the stars, you know, Egon's grandchildren, mm. which I don't think is a big spoiler. I, I hate to say this, but I feel like you're just not going to like it then. No. Uh, because they are the focus of this movie, and I kind of love them. They do a really good job, but if you if you don't want that, you're not going to like this. Straight up. It's it's just not for you. Uh, and, you know, I, I've been seeing a lot of people saying things like, you know, the, 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 there's only the original, it, it won't stack up to the original, and this and that, and blah, 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 and I hate Ghostbusters 2, and all this shit. And it's like, you complained about 2016. Because there was no fucking original Ghostbusters in it. Well, the the actors were in it, but they were not the actual Ghostbusters. Right, but it didn't. It wasn't technically quote unquote Ghostbusters three. Right. Now we get this one, and you're fucking complaining that we get Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters come back, and it's part of the lore and all that shit, and it's too samey and all that kind of stuff, which we'll get into in um the spoiler portion of this. I just don't know what people were really expecting. You're thirty two. Rem- well, thirty two years removed from. One and two. Yeah, 32 years removed from one and two, and it's like, if we got this movie in 2016, I don't know if people would be more into it. Since we lost Harold Ramis and like that, you know, and that and that right plays in, into bringing back the original Ghostbusters because it's like, well, one of them's passed away. And I, I think people wanted that third movie to be all four original Ghostbusters for most of the movie and then passing the torch or what have you. Right, and I, I think we would all agree that if they made that in the 90s or early 2000s, 
Sure. It would have been fine. Like, I don't think people would be complaining as much. Uh, maybe. Question mark. I mean, you, you know, you're always going to have those people that are going to complain. Yeah. Whether they like the first one, two, or 2016, you know. You can't please everybody, Joe. We know this. No, but I'm happy that we finally got this film. Agreed. And it feels good. It feels like, you know, that's another thing. People are like, ah, the fucking nostalgia, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm blinded by nostalgia. Like, I'm not blinded by nostalgia. I know what I like, and I know when something's hitting me over the head with it. You know what I mean? Right. There are a lot of things in this film that either directly come from or harken back to those those movies, and... It's kind of the point, right? It's a sequel. It's not a fucking reboot. Like, of course, they, you know, there's there's a lot of people saying, like, you know, ah, oh, you know, they, they turned on the fucking proton packs, and you hear the noise, and, and the Ecto-1, there it is, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, of course. Yeah, it's, it, again, we're 32 fucking years removed from the original story. So you have to kind of blend that uh, original storyline with a new storyline right right and i think it does that uh successfully and no i didn't i didn't think this was the best movie ever made but i thought it was a pretty fucking good ghostbusters movie yeah no i i agree i think there have been a couple other movies that i did enjoy a little bit more this year but as ghostbusters 3 which is i'm gonna call it that straight up it's pretty fucking good. Yeah, it's Ghostbusters 3, no doubt. Um, and I, You know, I just wanted to bring that up just because, uh, like you have said, Joe, I've been seeing a lot of that online. I mean, some people really like it, too. I mean, let, let's not even try to, you know, beat around the bush about that. But you just, you're seeing, like, this vitriol that I'm just, like, not really understanding. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. The contrarian opinion solely to be, to not be like, I liked it or it was fine. Like... There, people are, I feel like, going out of their way to fucking be like, look at me, I hate this movie, it sucks, you know, kind of <laughs> shit. And it's like, go fuck yourself. Like, I would love to see you fucking write something that is even half as coherent and uh, inclusive as this film is. Like, as far as getting everything back together, and I know, I want to go into it a little bit more in spoilers, and you're probably saying, Joe, you're, you're talking like an asshole, but I'm, I'm going to bring up some points. But I just, I just don't understand it, and that's not my blind love of Ghostbusters, okay? I love Ghostbusters, but... I, when, when I give my opinion on films, it has nothing to do, like, I'll be the first one to tell you that a movie sucks. I still like it, but I'll tell you exactly why it's not good. <laughs> right? Right. No, yeah. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and suck Ghostbusters dick and tell you that it's the best movie ever, because it's not, and there are things that I don't like about it, but the positives outweigh the negatives for me uh, This in, in this go-round. It just does. Yeah, same. You know, and if, it, and, and, and if that's something you can't get past or accept and can't just sit down and fucking enjoy it, then that's your problem, okay? Uh, yeah, it, it kind of reminds me, and this is not indicative of the film itself, uh, but our Terminator Salvation conversation from a couple of years back, where it's just like, yeah, some people legitimately just didn't like it. And that that's sure. fine. That's their opinion. But I feel like there was a lot of people just jumping on the bandwagon, just complaining about this film. But I, I you know what? Maybe they didn't get any Ecto Cooler, Joe. Maybe they're just burned. <laughs> See, maybe that's the reason, right? They got fucking, they got fucked, right? High C didn't give them the uh, the Gatorade bottle full of Ecto Cooler. They got all sore about it. Maybe, yeah. But on that note, I want to talk about some things that I did like that are not quite spoilers. Okay, Jason Reitman does a really good job with this film overall. His his camera direction, the lighting, the special effects, both practical and digital, are are all great in this movie. Yeah, there's a very good marriage 
of um, the practical and the uh, and the CGI in this, and we have some really great effects artists uh, artists working on this film. Uh, I know, I look, don't shoot me. I didn't write a fucking list of them down because for the ripe re- reviews, I try to just go by just my brain <laughs> and remembering it. Sure. Uh, but Norman Cabrera uh, did a lot of the sculpting on this film for all, and he's like prolific. Uh, SPFX artist, um, and there and there's there was a, a ton of people that worked on this, and a ton of people that deserve a lot of credit because they were able to bring back all the things that we love about this franchise in a in a new way, a fresh new way, and it felt really good to to see them opt for practical with the assistance of CGI for sure, but like for the most part, with the exception of like the little marshmallow man, there is a lot of practical <laughs> shit in this. <laughs> We'll get to them. Sure. I guess but I only have a couple other things I can really say that aren't spoiler territory because I, I know the definition of spoilers is different for every person. But uh, I all the casting I thought was really good. Yeah. Um, the main like kid characters are great. Phoebe, uh, Podcast, and Trevor, the three main kids are great. And even uh, Finn Wolfhard's girlfriend, I think her name was Lucky. Or not girlfriend, but his love interest. was. They were all good. I thought they were great. I thought the kids were great. And and again, that's another stigma that we were talking about. Like everybody complaining, like, ah, it's Stranger Things. It's like, motherfucker, have you, how, where were you when Goonies came out and the Monster Squad and Explorers and fucking uh, uh, Flight of the Navigator? Like, little monsters. This is what this movie is. And I know that kind of pisses some people off because for whatever reason, they think like Ghostbusters is like this the greatest comedy of all time and that it's just a comedy written for adults news fucking flash it's one of the greatest sci-fi horror comedies of all time and it was pg and it was pg for a reason right <laughs> like yeah like it was for kids and adults yeah i mean it definitely was i'll argue a little bit that it was more catered towards adults but there was a lot of material for just kids in that movie no doubt about it uh dude i think it was just a product of the time i mean a lot even kids movies then still had a lot of adult orientated themes and it's not yeah because you know why it didn't treat kids like they were fucking idiots <laughs> you know what i mean like they're little grown-ups you know what i mean Especially teenagers, or young adults, rather. Yeah, when you say that, I just immediately go to fucking Mac and me with that kid in the wheelchair going off the cliff. (laughs) (laughs) I love that movie, and I know it sucks, but I love it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll tell you till I'm blue in the face what's wrong with that film. Again, (laughs) but I still like it. Uh, you know, and, and speaking of adults, I thought the adult characters were fine, you know. Actually, Paul Rudd, I thought, was hilarious. I, I kind of wished he was in it a little more. And uh, the mother, Callie, was pretty good. Uh, I like her being kind of the foil to her kids, just trying to, like, get through her fucking life without everything falling apart. Sure. There's a big emotional weight in this movie that, you know, th- there are parts in the first one and even the second one, but this one, it, that through line has a lot of emotional weight to it. And, you know, whether that being because uh, the Harold Ramis thing or just in general, I mean, that's the kind of, that's the story they wanted to tell. And I think it's a very heartfelt uh, sort of sentimental um, way of doing that, but also still having a lot of action and horror elements and sci-fi and jokes and all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a good marriage of everything, really, in my opinion. The action in this movie is awesome. Yeah. And to talk about it, I... Kind of want to move into spoilers, to be honest. <laughs> sure, sure. I, I just want to note that I jumped like three fucking times in the theaters. Uh, yeah, they get you with a couple jump scares for sure. They hit you with a couple jump scares, and they got me every time. And I, it, it was just weird for for that to happen to me. 
You know what I mean? Because I didn't expect them. So that was kind of that was kind of neat. It was exciting. Put it that way. Yeah. Without further ado, you want to get into uh, the uh, the spoilers of this, the ectoplasm. Yeah. If you have not seen Ghostbusters Afterlife, we implore you go fucking see the movie before you continue the rest of this uh, show. Or if you like to be spoiled, keep listening. Yeah. Because I'm going to start right off with the big gun. <laughs> Whip it out, baby. Egon Spangler. Dude. Is handled, in in my opinion, and I think you'll probably agree with me on this, Joe, perfectly. 100%. If it, Look, if they're going to do it, they did it the absolute way that they should have. It's heartfelt. It, it means something. It's not, they don't just bring him back. Right. Because we do see him appear as a ghost. Spoilers. We're in spoiler territory, so here we go. Yeah. Uh, they bring him back as a ghost. And I got to tell you something. He looks fucking amazing. I, I said to Joe in the theater, I said, they got to get the Star Wars people, got to hire their effects people. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I don't think, I don't think Jason or anybody on the team was going to let Harold Ramis be done in a poor way. Like, no. It, just no way. It, it, that wasn't an option. Because they do this great thing, too. Like you just said, Joe, you have him as a ghost at the end, and it's kind of like... I kind of, like, swelled up a little as it was happening, especially, like, the moment in, at, at hand when they're in the big confrontation at the end with the other Ghostbusters. I cried straight up. But they also do uh, this cool thing in the beginning, which you may have seen in some of the trailers, where they have a body double, but he's mostly cast in shadows and just kind of has the glasses and the frame of Egon and the hair. So, like... It's, it, it works. You don't feel like it's like, ah, it's just some random asshole. That's not fucking Harold Ramis. It's like, no, like, you, you buy into it. It's very it's very well done, and I commend them for that. And, and I honestly didn't expect uh, the Ghost of Egon to kind of be the one leading them through this whole movie, but it, it worked really well. I, I love it because, again, it's that thing of... <sighs> Getting all the elements in over the years of everything that every all the things that people wanted, they've kind of rolled into this one amalgamation of a movie, right? So you get a little bit of the team getting back together, you get a little bit of the passing of the torch, you get a little bit of the uh, them guiding a new team or what have you, and it it makes more sense to me if you're going to do it this way. And again, to pay uh, homage to 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 Ramis. To have it his family and be the ones that are experiencing it, the uh, the supernatural activity and going to this farmhouse and him kind of guiding McKenna Grace because she's the only one that'll actually like uh, listen or is skeptical enough to to kind of follow in his footsteps. She she was great. I know I kind of already said that her and uh, you know Finn Wolfhard, her brother in this movie, and I their friend uh, Logan Kim who plays podcast. They they all do a great job, but uh. Paige, Paige Spangler in this movie. I love this character a lot. I feel like some people are going to be like, oh, well, it's just a kid. Why is she so smart? And it's like, she's Egon's granddaughter. Of course she is. Wh- why not? But like, like what? what is so what is so fucking weird and bizarre about that that you can't get past it? You know why? Because she's a little girl. Is that your fucking problem? Because you can't identify with her. But I kind of love that because she's smarter than everybody else in the room. And I kind of also like that uh she goes to summer school because she doesn't want to just hang around at the house helping her mom clean the attic. So she that's where she meets like her friend Podcast, which I just got to say, I, I, that probably had some people rolling their eyes, but I fucking love that this kid's name was Podcast and he does a podcast and he's walking around with this microphone. Well, what's funny about that, because I heard about that and I was like, oh, that sounds stupid. But then when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is fine. Like, <laughs> this is fine and I get the joke. Especially for like a young kid trying to do his like 
basically his sci-fi, you know, Fox Mulder fucking podcast. Something that obviously we find strange out- and unexplained podcast, which comes back full circle in the end, which I thought was hilarious. Yes. You know, it really came into the, the, the show really came into its own around episode 47, Sean. So <laughs> 46, 46, excuse me. You got to, that's, that has to be noted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Phoebe, I really like because she kind of figures out uh, along with Paul Rudd's kind of, cause he's a seismologist, uh, basically being like a teacher for the summer school that th- something's off, you know, about this town. And it only really started in the last 10 years. And it kind of like as you're watching the movie, you're even kind of putting the pieces together as an audience member because in that opening scene, you see Egon, you know, with this fucking ghost trap. And you find out later that it was one of the terror dogs, I believe, or maybe it might have even been Gozer straight up in that thing. No, no, it's it's one of the new terror dogs, which I believe are the sentries. I think that's what they called them, yeah. Yeah, they have like the upturned horns and they're bipedal, um, and there's two of those that are kind of like... That's one thing I want to talk about because, like, yeah, we get a new terror dog, but like they're only in it for a second, and like we never see them again. One of them, one of them kills Egon in the beginning, and the other one's let back out in the trap, and they go back up to the fucking mine because Evo Shandor's mine is there, and that is where they got all of the uh, stone, right? Psychokinetically charged, uh, um, like the girders for the apartment complex. Well, the stone, the stone to build the girders and to and to make, the, and that's how he made the the uh, Spook Central and Ghostbusters, which I'm f- I'm totally fucking into. Like, I like that. Ah, uh, I'm of two minds of it because I like the way that it's utilized in the film, like going back to Gozer, like it works in the movie. But on paper, I'm kind of like we're we're doing Gozer again, really. Well, but uh, it's executed fairly well in the film up until I I don't know if we want to get into this. Yet. Uh, hold on, don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> the, the 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 Gozer stuff in this. Okay, so the main baddie's Gozer. There it is. Yeah, but I'm okay with it for the sole reason of it's a cult, right? It's uh, and I've mentioned this before. It's it's almost similar to Cthulhu in the way that this god is worshipped and kind of brought back and. Um, you know, through the ancient Sumerians and all that kind of shit, and the whole thing with Evo Shandor, and exp- it expands a little bit on that lore. You know, the lore that doesn't exist in the first movie, you know that one? <laughs> Evo Shandor, played by uh, J.K. Simmons, which... J.K. Simmons. <laughs> I was sitting there like, is that Finch Schiavelli? And then I'm like, oh, he's been dead for like eight years. <laughs> I was talking to F- Fiora LaGuardia for, for two hours in my bedroom last night. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I don't have a problem with Gozer. Again, I... Gozer is the Cthulhu of the Ghostbusters mythos, right? Uh, yeah, no, that's true. It, it, really, when it, when you get down to brass tacks, and it, it, it's okay to kind of do that because they didn't really defeat Gozer at the end. They just kind of closed the door. Um, but this one definitively oh, yeah. puts Gozer in a trap. And I guess that's where I was going with that before I sidetracked myself. But you kind of get from literally the opening scene... Uh, you start putting these pieces together of what the hell was Egon doing out here? Because he has this trap that he's kind of coaxing Gozer towards him, which you find out later was actually his plan all along. Right. It just, it didn't work because the fucking electricity on this farm is like shitty as hell. Yeah. Like he hits this like switch to activate his quote unquote trap and the power grid fails and that's, and it basically ends up being his demise. He Well, yeah, he hadn't tested it, I guess. And th- there's not enough power for the, for the trap to work. Uh, and we come back to that later in the film. Yeah, for sure. I got to tell you something too. Like, so, so. <laughs> for all the Ghostbusters tiebacks to the first movie, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, I can sit here all day and wax poetic about fucking, you know, the, uh, the, um, the first few films, the first few films. Yeah. But the, the proton packs and the sounds and the Ecto one 
and and uh, uh, the fucking PKE meter and all of that stuff. Um, it's all here. It's all great. It all looks great. It all sounds great. It all feels great. Yeah. But I like the new dynamic here, right? We're not in New York City. We're in uh, some town in, uh, uh, you know, Som- Summersville. What is it? Summersville, Oklahoma, I believe. Yeah. And I've heard I've heard people say like, oh, this feels like a Steven Spielberg movie or an Amblin movie or, you know, something like that. And it's like, that's okay with me. Yeah. It's okay with me because it, it it it's supposed to fill you with like a sense of wonder and fun. And this is like a kid adventure movie, more or less. That's what this is. Okay. Um, and I'm with it. And I love the way that it made me feel because like when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was be a Ghostbuster. And the kids in this movie kind of get to do that, and I'm fucking so here for that shit, man. When when McKenna Grace finds uh the the pack in Egon's like hidden uh um you know lab, oh like that basement where that has his spores, uh, molds and fungus. Oh, it has this whole <laughs> collection of spores, molds and fungus. But she gets the pack, and her and Podcast go out into like this field, and they fucking fire up the the proton pack. <laughs> And they're shooting it, dude. It was so much fun to just watch them shoot this fucking thing. Yeah. They annihilate it, by the way. They annihilate it. And then they, like, find that ghost muncher or whatever, the the the, the one from all of the uh, the promo shit. Yeah. I I like the design of this ghost, but he's very clearly supposed to be, the like, the slimer of this film. Uh, yeah, but... But I like the whole concept of this ghost eats metal and then can shoot it back at you. Yeah. And they, they work it into the film in a really cool way in a later scene where they're trying to get, like, something out of, like, a fucking jail locker. And they're like, what the hell are we going to do? We can't get this shit out of here. And podcast is like, I know what to do when he releases Muncher and he just fucking bites his way out of there. I was kind of into it. And what I really appreciated, they just went full on real Ghostbusters. We even get that fucking bug eyed ghost. The toy is like in the movie, which is fucking cool. Yeah. With the giant eyeball. Yeah, man. I like I just thought that was so fun. It, it's a good time. It's a feel good kind of fucking movie, man. Like for sure. Yeah. And you could say that that's not like the original because guess what? It's not. <laughs> it's not. No. Yeah. Stop fucking comparing it to the original movie please all right it's 2020 fucking one and for a movie to come out in 2021 and have this kind of heart is i think is rare in general i i agree uh on muncher though yeah that is probably in my opinion at least the best action sequence in the film mm-hmm. uh is them in the ecto one that finn wolfhard you know fixes up with a little help from egon uh, I don't know if everybody caught that, but it, well, he also he also helps McKenna Grace do the proton pack too. Yes, yes. Uh, figure out because because you keep saying like basically he keeps like moving through the house and lights turn on and it, it's really well done and like he shines light on like his picture and stuff. It's like a blink and you miss it kind of thing. But Trevor, aka Finn Wolfhard, he's trying to start the engine. He can't get it to start, and you just see the engine kind of like come together you know egon's piercing it back together for him yeah he's twisting that wire together and the engine starts and shit like that yeah it's very cool i mean like again oh okay that's so i i alluded to this in the in the in the opening but you know people are comparing this to like a um a force awakens situation and it's like I like Force Awakens. I liked where they were going with it, right? Like right. albeit those two sequels took a shit, but like what what we're doing here is we're bringing the old and the new together in one movie. I would agree. And I think it successfully does that. It's a good goodbye to the Ghostbusters or a, a good wrap up to the Ghostbusters to see them all again, but it's also a a, a pretty I would say it's a pretty interesting uh, future if we're going to get sequels. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm okay with that. Whatever that may be. Look, I don't know if I need more Ghostbusters, but I'm, I'll am i be there for it for sure. You know what I mean? No, same. Uh, but 
you know, when Finn gets that car going and they have this big chase sequence with the Ecto and you have fucking Paige has the has the car seat fucking flip out. She's got the she's got the fucking Neutrona wand and she's firing at Muncher and this whole town is getting destroyed. <laughs> she, they're just ruining, dude. It's great. It's it's like the Sedgwick Hotel on a, in in a grander in a more action packed uh, uh, yeah set piece. Um, and I, I'm with it. I, it's just great from the gunner seat and all that. Yeah, Sean. And it, it's a kind of like a, an elongated chase scene. Like you think it's over, and it's like, nope, we're going after him again. Chase this fucking ghost. And you could sit there and be like, oh, that's like Slimer from the first movie. Well, yeah, kinda, kinda, it is. I mean, I kind of said that a couple minutes ago, but it's it's not handled the same. Like, no, it, it, right. Again, like Slimer just slimes you, and he drinks some wine, and he and he makes a mess of a fucking ballroom. Like, I love Slimer. Don't get me wrong. But, like, this this ghost was, like, uh, it, it had a little bit of charm to it that I wasn't anticipating. And it, and it has a cool design. It has, like, three or four arms. It looks like a sea bear is what it looks like. Like an isopod. Exactly. And when they, they try to sneak up on it, it always has, like, these, like, looks on its face. Like, eh, you think you're being sneaky. You know, it doesn't say that. But it's got that kind of look on its face before it freaks out and starts running away. Or flying away, rather. Sure. Yeah, what I meant before was, like, other people comparing it to, to the to the Sedgwick and like like you know we get it like of course I also love how they have like an R R C car that has a trap attached to it that that a podcast is controlling to catch Muncher. My favorite part about that is that's old tech that was in the car right. They didn't make that right. Like it's just another toy that we just haven't seen that's part of the original equipment. I feel like everybody had a hand in that besides Vankman. I feel like that was like a that was a Winston Egon Ray operation right there. Uh, that was an that was an Egon Ray operation period <laughs> <laughs> all right well Winston was definitely fucking controlling it though because I don't trust either of them with that uh, hand remote he was tuning up the ecto one dude I will say I felt like this movie took a little long to get going like you don't get your real first outside of that cold open with Egon you really don't ever see a ghost for like another half hour and then it, you know pretty much like from there on it doesn't really lose steam but I, I like the character building. You're getting to meet the characters. Don't get me wrong. And I know, like, I've complained about this on the show in the past. Like, I don't know. Maybe I just kind of need something to happen right off the bat. They did. It was the Egon sequence. No, I know. I know. But I guess, like, I was just waiting for, like, the next shoe to drop. And when it did, I was very happy about it once Muncher shows up. Call me old-fashioned. I like the exposition. I, I want to care about these characters so that later... Everything that happens, I care about, and that's what happened, because I did. I cared about everything that happened to these fucking characters. No, it's hard to explain, because I'm, I'm agreeing with you 100%. It's just, I don't know, I was like, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go so far to say I was checking my watch, but I was just like, all right, let's let's get, let's get onto the ghost, please. And then we did, and I was fine. But that's like, that might be my biggest complaint, and that's like, if that's the biggest problem I have with it, then I guess it's not that big of a deal, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have many gripes. It, look, it has its problems. It's not a perfect fucking movie. Don't get us wrong. I, I think there's two things that I don't like about this movie. Lay it on me. Um, so let's just start with the first one, because this I think this might be a little bit more lengthier. Um, so after the fucking excursion with Muncher and blowing, you know, like ruining part of the town, the kids are brought in by the police so they're in a they're in a jail cell uh waiting for their their mother and paul rudd to come pick them up and she, uh, mechanic grace gets one phone call and she decides to call the number that was in the original promo ad for ghostbusters which is just happens to be the number for raise a cult books and it's right you know and that's fine all that's fine i don't care yeah i was into that i was fine with that i wasn't crazy about the way that they handled the exposition in this scene because 
if she picked up the phone and was like, is this Ray Stance? And she's like, he used to be a Ghostbuster. He's like, okay, I'm hanging up now. And then she was like, wait, you knew Ingon Spangler. He was my grandfather. I feel like he would be more receptive to that right off the right out of the gate. No, yeah. And it would have made more sense for him to tell her why the Ghostbusters disbanded. But she that's the last thing she tells him is that she's his granddaughter, right? Right. So it's a little weird when he tells, he, you know, he, he says, oh, well, Vankman's doing this, and uh, Winston's doing this, and I did this, and, you know, Spangler could go to hell. And that fucking hit me right in the gut, too. I was like, oh, no. I was like, what happened between these guys? He, he, he doesn't say just go to hell. He says, Egon Spangler can burn in hell. That's what it was, yeah. Um, I kind of agree with you. I do like that, though, a lot, so I'm not as uh, hard on it, but I see what you're saying. Look, everything he says is fine. It just feels that, like that exposition dump has such a small window. Yeah. Like, I would have liked it a little to give it a little bit more breathing room, and I would have liked to... Uh, I'd seen it handled in a little different of a way. That's all. And, and, and again, it's a minor complaint. Like, I'm still fine with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also like Ray gets a pretty long scene here yeah. compared to some of the other Ghostbusters. It's like a it's like a minute or two thing with him talking to Paige. Yeah, I, I you know what it is? I feel like they wanted to end on that note that she says she's Egon Spangler's granddaughter because then the police chief, uh, Lucky's father, as you find out, hangs up on her. And then you just kind of see Ray like, whoa, 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 hell, what'd you say? What'd you say? And then it's like, yeah. all right, you know they're coming now, but like he doesn't say that, but you just know it's like as you're watching the movie, something's going to happen now. Yeah, I also, there's one thing I don't buy. I don't buy that Egon was like, Ray, there is a fucking huge <laughs> event that's going to happen and the world is going to end. And for Ray to just be like, yeah, whatever, I don't believe you. I, I just think that's not yeah good i just think that was i think that was not good (laughs) i like it i wish it was something else like they could have left it about the money situation and like like all of that was perfect and i could totally buy that happening in real life like the money wasn't there tensions were high and the friends broke up and they all did their own things and i totally get that but for him to say that he didn't believe egon that something was on the horizon is just kind of doesn't make doesn't make sense. But other than that, I think it was fine. Especially after the events of the first and second films. Sure. <laughs> like, if anybody's going to believe Egon, it's going to be Ray, right? Right. But I, part of that, too, is I feel like they had to use Aykroyd for that scene because Ray's a cult is so iconic from the second film. And it's like, you're not going to hand it like to any of the other main uh, three that are left. And it's like, all right, yeah. I guess, like, Winston maybe would have not believed him, but I feel like you had to, it had to be Ray for that to make sense. But I, I get what you're saying. Like, that was a little odd. That's what I mean. I just wish there was a little bit more meat there. Like, I, maybe if, like, Egon was being cryptic about it, because he didn't, he wasn't sure yet. Right. And then figures it out because they, like, he, like, mentions that they, he, you know, they went back to the firehouse and, like, he cleaned everything out. He took the Ecto-1, he took all the, he took all the fucking packs, he took everything and just split. All the traps. And I don't think that would be, that's not a very, I don't know. Well, and, 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 and even, uh, his daughter, uh, Callie, she even says, like, cause, cause after they, uh, go home after they're arrested, Paige is sitting there crying, like, why didn't you tell me, your, you know, my grandfather was a ghostbuster, and, and, like, I never understood why it was so into science and all this, and it just never clicked, and, like, why didn't you just tell me that, and then she's like, well, he was nuts, he, you know, n- nobody ever fucking knew anything about him, and she's like, he's not nuts, he's not nuts, and she's like, well, then he's just an asshole, 
And it's like, ah, oh, man, like, if, if you don't have all the information that they get by the end of this movie, I guess you kind of would think he's an asshole. No, sure. And, like, there's no pictures of her or anything like that. And I like I like her arc. I, I really hated her in the beginning. And then I was like, okay, this makes sense. Like, your dad threw you away or whatever. But the way that comes full circle at the end, circle at the end I'm, I'm fucking into that, dude. Like, there's all the pictures on the wall. And she has, like, an interaction with uh, Egon, like, as a ghost. And he's, like, pointing the, the lights that he's been doing the whole movie, like, to, like, get her to see that he didn't forget about her and that he's been following her and keeping up with all of her things that she's been doing but also keeping her safe because he's been trying to keep Gozer in its fucking hole for how many years you know when he's when he's doing that the ghost of Egon you can kind of see all these little notes he writes next to all the photos of her that he had saved on this uh this board and it's like yeah oh she has 16 freckles now and like like weird facts that only Egon would write down oh yeah it's it's totally it, it, like Again, done with love, right? Like, like, like that's what he would do. You know what I mean? And and Paige even says at one point, once they uh they go into this fucking this this mine where Evo Shandor had built this fucking shrine. Uh, our our four principal characters, basically. Uh, yeah, the temple of the. Te- I I would even call it the temple of Gozer to tell you the truth. That's that's what it is. Where they find this literal like pit. You know, it, essentially they're coming out of hell. These ghosts, these minions. And uh, they they see what Egon's trap is, which where he has all the proton packs set up that are blasting these ghosts back into the hole. And that's what the earthquakes are. Exactly. Which is cool. I, I like that a lot. And then that's when Paige kind of puts it all together and is like, our grandfather, he wasn't nuts. He wasn't like an asshole. Like, he came out here. He sacrificed everything. His friends, his loved ones, his, his life, really, that try to stop this. To save the world. Yeah. When nobody would believe him, you know? Exactly. And, like, even in that opening scene before he gets taken out... You see, like, this really cool shot of this, uh, this, like, swirling, uh, you know, I don't even know what to call it, like, hurricane almost looking above the mountain, which comes back later, yeah. of, of spirits that he just shooting the proton stream into the air, and I, I guess that's how he ends up capturing the ghost initially. Yeah. But then that starts to happen again because we have the, uh, the return of Vince Clortho and, uh, Zool, uh, which... I guess that was a little spoiled in the trailers, which did kind of bum me out a little bit that we kind of knew. But as you're watching the movie, it's like, who else is going to be this role other than the mom and Paul Rudd? And uh, there's that great scene that was in the one trailer where he's in the Walmart where all the mini Stay Puffs show up. I like those mini Stay Puffs, dude. I thought it was going to break the film for me, but I liked them. I thought they were funny as hell. They were fine. I I totally get people comparing them to, like, Minions or Baby Yoda or some shit. Like, I get it. But I thought they were fine. And they they were like sick, honestly. Like they're they're fucking like blending each other and lighting each other on fire. They were more like the cookies from Krampus than anything. Like the gingerbread cookies. Yeah, or like gremlins almost. They like half gremlin, half fucking you know, half cute and cuddly. I mean, I would even even like Mom and Dad save the world. Those little mushrooms that are in the fucking sewer. Because they just like make this like sound like. Oh, blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. like, what the fuck. <laughs> And, like, they're kind of antagonistic, honestly. Like, even though, like... Oh, big time. They're definitely, like, pantomiming towards the camera a few times, like, in comedic fashion. But for the most part, they're kind of problematic. Because, like, later in the movie, when they're really trying to, like, take care of business, like, they're, like, getting inside, like, the proton pack and, like, fucking it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're fucking a bunch of stuff up. I just want to go back to the mine real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, This is the part I like, too, because there's, like, a Sumerian calendar, like, in the uh oh yeah uh the the temple of gozer and it was like a countdown and one of the dates was 1984 so that's when gozer was able to come back and then the next one 
Oh, well, they all hit, like, different uh, disasters. Yeah, one of those was the uh, Easter egg hunt at the factory. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I You know, I... So the only problem I have with that is like I guess something thwarted Gozer at whatever point, but I mean it wasn't the Ghostbusters; it was something else. Who knows what it was? Pennywise. Yeah, Pennywise. Right? Yeah, it was the turtle that stopped him. <laughs> but the next thing was 2021, which you know it, it's fine with me. Like, yeah, th- that's. Uh, I thought that was a good way to do it and handle it or or whatever. And speaking of, Go- I don't know. Do you, is there anything else you want to say before we get to uh, Gozer? Um. I don't know. I mean, I could really go more into it, but I feel like I kind of said everything that I wanted to say about, like, the rest of the movie. Yeah, I don't want to ruin, like, too much of it. I Like, as an experience. And, and also, like, we're, we are, even though this is a ripe review, like, we have been trying over the last few months on our main episodes, too, to kind of just not do literal beat for beat, so I don't want to literally cover the whole movie with that in mind, too. Right, and that's not what ripe reviews are anyway. I, I guess one other thing I'll say real quick is that uh, Finn Wolfhard, I feel like, was a little underutilized in this. He's good when he's in, but, like, the first half of the film, he's kind of just, like, going through the motions, like, kind of, like, working at the burger joint, getting kind of picked on. But then as soon as Muncher is, is introduced... He, he is, like, in the movie pretty much for the rest of it. The focus is very much uh, McKenna Grace, but I'm okay with that. And I'm glad Finn Wolfhard isn't a super big part of it. I mean, he's a big part of it, but he's not, like, the main focus. That would have made it feel, feel more like Stranger Things, or, like, that would have been more of uh, ammo for people to be like, this is just Stranger Things! Yeah, which which is unfortunate, because the dude's a really good actor, and it, it's kind of shitty that just because he's... Because the same thing happened with It. Yeah. I mean, joking about Pennywise, but when the It Part 1 came out, it's like, oh, this is gonna be like Stranger Things. It's like, it's a bunch of kid actors, and Finn <laughs> Wolfhard's a really good kid actor. What are you, what are you talking about? Again, what do you think Stranger Things took the cues from, you fucking dumb motherfuckers? All of those other kid movies that were adult-orientated, well, you know, like teen, young adult-orientated, you know what I mean? Right, right. So it's like, to say that, it's like... I don't know. I think it's uh, 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 null and void, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I, I just wanted to mention that because it didn't really take away from the film at all, but I, that was just something that I was thinking about. Sure. The the uh, the terror dogs are really cool in this. Yeah, they, they look great. When they're practical, they are fucking gorgeous. And even when they're CG, they're fine, too. I, I, I kind of like the joke, you know, kind of a meta joke that they throw in there where one of them's eaten out of a bag of dog food. Yeah. <laughs> and you have, like, the, the... I guess that was a practical effect with the slime coming off the mouth, the slime... Yeah, that was a whole, that was a practical uh, uh, animatronic. Oh, and one other thing. Now that I thought about that, Paul Rudd. They open up this fucking ghost trap and accidentally release this terror dog. Yeah. Oh, that was. And it just blows <laughs> all the windows off the bus and his fucking car, and he's driving. And it's like Homer Simpson at the end of the New York City episode. And they have the scene when he's running away from the terror dog, like Lewis Tully, out of the Walmart, and he just fucking dolphin dives into the fucking driver's seat through the windshield. Oh, it's great. Uh, um, okay, let's talk about that real quick. Um, you know, people people are also giving this shit because it's like, these kids never heard about Ghostbusters or whatever, and, they, and then they tell them, they're like, yeah, you never heard about Ghostbusters or whatever? And I guess if you're not, like, into that shit, or, like, again... How many fucking kids... I've seen all of those comedy shows that go up to people on the street and ask them questions about history and shit, and they don't know the fucking answers. So what is so... What is so bizarre that in this, uh... 
universe, when somebody's asked about the Ghostbusters, they go, who? Who the fuck is that? That happened like 30-something years ago. Like, who gives a shit? There's that, which I agree with, but it's also the factor that their mom is going out of their way to, like, hide this shit from them because she's embarrassed uh, for her father. She's not embarrassed. She hates... She has so much hatred for him because he... Well, right, yeah, yeah. He, quote-unquote, abandoned uh, her, you know what I mean? So, like, I get that, and she ha- and she has hate towards science because... I don't know. I guess she doesn't want to cons- her kids to be consumed by it either. And she sees McKenna Grace going down that path. And by doing that, they become more disassociative of each other, you know? E- even her son, to a point. I mean, he's even though he's got a little help from Spectral Egon from Grandpa to fix the car, he's fixing a car at 15. That's pretty impressive. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's only 15, dude. Yeah, which was, <laughs> I-, I thought that was a funny joke because he-, he applies for the job at 17 to try to look cool. And, uh, yeah, he's 15. Oh, he's trying to pick up what's-her-face. Lucky. Yeah, Lucky, I think her name is. Um, But, yeah, okay, let's get to the big climax. Okay, here we go, baby. Where they, where they put on the suit. And I, I love how podcast writes his fucking name on his. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. He puts like the Vince Clortho like uh, helmet on and shit yeah. when they're in the basement. Like I don't know. I thought that was cool and cute. And like th- now you gotta understand this character is like a big nerd, and he knows about the Ghostbusters. He's the Ackroyd of this movie, man. He's the stands of this film. Oh, oh, 100%. You know, and he loves paranormal shit. He has a podcast about strange, unusual, unsolved mysteries shit, and loves cryptozoology and ghosts and all kinds of stuff like that, and aliens and stuff, so it makes sense. It's not like... Here's this fucking kid right. knowing all this stuff because he kind of inherits the Tobin Spirit Guide book at one point in the movie. Yes. Because Egon's farmhouse is full of, like, relics and shit. I, I would even say that, you know, if you're going to make those connections, like, we're, we're talking about now, I, I feel like Finn Wolfhard kind of was, like, the kid Venkman to a point because he had, like, one good one-liner after another whenever he was on screen. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, you're not going to go, you know... You know, round for round with Bill Murray. I'm not trying to say that, but he had a lot of really funny lines. No, and as far as the comedy goes, somebody said this wasn't funny, and it's like, well, that's subjective. I was laughing a lot. I, I like, I laughed a lot, dude. And I'm like, go watch that first movie again and see what kind of comedy it is. Yeah, there's dirty jokes in there for sure, but a lot of the laughs aren't dirty. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um. But okay, okay. So here we are. The the traveler has come. The traveler has come. Yep. There is no destructor, which was kind of odd. Yeah. But I don't think they got a chance to do that. Do you know who played Gozer? Because I looked this up earlier. Um, I do not. My wife was like, oh my god, that's what's-her-face from whatever. And I'm like, I don't know what or who that is. She went uncredited, but it was Olivia Wilde. Who the fuck is that? I don't know. Uh, she's in a ton of shit that I can't think of off the top of my head, but she's a very good actress. I thought it was great because I didn't know who it was. Well, yeah, they, they don't want you to because they're trying to match that uh, that original visage as much as possible. Yeah, and they, they kind of nail it. And, like, I liked... I'm so happy that I couldn't recognize the actress because I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, here it comes. I'm like, here comes flat top. Here she comes out of the fucking (laughs) hole or they come out of the fucking hole. Right. Because it's supposed to be like they're androgynous. Yeah. Although Evo Shandor, when he comes out of his fucking uh, uh, stolen ass glass box. I loved how he was in his fucking Snow White coffin, like right in there. Yeah, yeah. I I was into that, dude. He was and he's like, he's like, oh, we finally did it. We brought you back. Goza, here we are. And Gozer fucking rips him in half because he's like we're gonna rule the world together yeah Gozer's like what nah <laughs> good night and then I love how they um it's basically the temple from the first one but it's like comes out of the, the out of the rock face I think it's like the OG temple really yes and then you know at this point uh, they all got the Ecto-1 and, and all the traps and all that shit. They got it back from the police department, and they're waiting. They're staking it out. 
And this is a scene that I wasn't crazy about, but I like that it gets us to the end of the movie where Paige is telling these like bad science jokes that she tells throughout the movie. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Before you get into that, I just want to say the the one other scene in this movie that I didn't like. Um, it was the first one was the or, or that I had a problem with or my gripe rather, and that was the that was Paul Rudd and um the mom coming together to like have sex as Vince Clortho and Zool because like. It's like too goofy for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like they do, they do nail those performances. Like kind of basing off Sigourney and uh, Rick Moranis. I don't like how she like rips her clothes off and she has like the fucking same dress on and stuff. And I'm like, is that just inherent when you get when you get possessed by Zool to have that? Um, and it's just kind of like, yeah, like I could have done without that. And like this scene is just so goofy. Yeah. And I, I, I know it's, I know it's supposed to be goofy. I, I, I like the clothes ripping off to the dress. I actually did like that, but I didn't like like, you know, Paul Rudd having the flower on his ear and then hands it to her and she eats it. I thought that was stupid. Yeah. I just didn't need it. You know what I mean? You could have kissed nerdy guy and it would have been funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like the original. If you're going to do it, if you're going to go down the fucking path, that's all you needed. Um, other than that though, I, it was fine. So go continue. But, I, you know, they're trying to play up this whole thing that she tells these bad science jokes. And I get it. It's like a through line throughout the film. And the only one that ever gets the jokes is podcast and Paul Rudd. But it's like it's like a play on the fucking Ray thing, you know? Yeah, of course. And Gozer. Go get her, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And Gozer's just kind of watching. And you see, like, after, like, the second joke, Gozer's, like, getting out of the chair. Like, all right, fuck this. But the whole time, podcast has the remote control trap. And I love that because... Of course, just catch one of the fucking terror dogs. Obviously, that's what Egon was trying to do before. And, like... Because Zool can't exist without both of them. Right. So then I love how they do this thing where, like, Gozer starts, like, morphing and, like, losing their, like, appearance. It's really fucking cool. So, like... I, I really so now that you've brought it up, like I really love that aspect that they they literally capture Zool in a fucking trap. Yeah. And Gozer is split. So now Gozer is like half on our plane and has this kind of weird, like parasitic, like um tendril body form that's not quite solid it's really cool i'm into it yeah and then they have like another chase scene to get back to the dirt farm where vince clortho the key master is chasing after him and the the rc car that has zool in it but they of course make it all the way back to the dirt farm and now this like typhoon is back above the uh, dirt farm yeah also mechanic race has figured out that the farm is a giant trap so that's the whole point was that's what Egon was trying to do in the beginning was capture one of the terror dogs and Gozer needs the other one to be whole. So, of course, he can lure Gozer with that to this giant trap. Exactly, because they have like almost like a Beetlejuice ass like a model of the property in this. Uh, oh, yeah. In the basement. Yeah. This crawl. Yeah, exactly. So they get back there and they're fighting Gozer. Gozer comes out of like the cornfield. I love how they have a callback to the beginning of the movie because us sitting in the theater, no, this isn't going to work because that's what caused Egon to, to die, basically, was this pedal yeah. that activates the trap like the power goes out. There wasn't enough power, yeah. So they try this. They're, they're convinced it's going to work, and it's the same damn thing that happened to Egon in the beginning. Oh, yeah. But I love how Gozer just like takes the trap, rips it open, and is like, all right. Yeah, Lucky, you're going to be Zool now. <laughs> Man, oh, yeah, and just fuck you, and Lucky's now uh, now Zool. I-, I loved when she comes out of, the- or Lucky comes out of the house with the proton pack, and she blasts Zool. Yes. Uh, or uh, Gozer, and Gozer just fucking breaks the beam. It was like, oh, yeah. fuck. Like, I don't know, that was just something that we haven't seen before in these movies, and I was, t- I mean, you gotta, meh. I was going to say Vigo, and we talked about that, how, like, the painting was his weakness, not the actual 
being when he was like out of it. It's also that thing in Ghostbusters one. It's like they shoot, you know, they aim for the flat top, and then she is immediately, you know, evaporated, and then Stay Puft comes in. Right. Well, she dis she she dissipates though. Like it's not the same thing. I don't. They never got a beat on her. I guess is what I'm saying. Right. But I like this. Like what you're saying is that Gozer is blowing these these beams off of her constantly. I was just like, oh my goodness. And then of course, you know, the chips seem like they're down. They're never going to recover. And then our OG Ghostbusters come in with. I think Venkman throws out the flat top line or a variation of it. Oh, yeah. Hey, flat top, he says. <laughs> now, okay, before we go any further, is something, one more thing I want to address. I saw people saying, yeah, the Ghostbusters just show up out of nowhere. And it's like, um, you have to understand that these guys were super tight, right? Especially Ray with, with Egon. Oh, yeah. So... For him to tell him to fuck off and then McKenna Grace call him and be like, look, something's up and he was my uncle is cause enough to him to look into it. And when he notices all the shit and puts all the pieces together, because he is Ray, right? So, like... Oh, yeah. Like, if Ray, like, sees the seismic activity and all that shit that's happening there and is like, this is unusual, I'm going to go down there, he's like, I got to get the guys, you know what I mean? I'm going to call Venkman, I'm going to call uh, Zedimore, and we're going to fucking go down there. So, like, it makes sense... Look... It is the it is the kind of like show about the last minute hero thing, but I don't think it's unearned or weird, in my opinion. No. And I kind of love how they each kind of get a quip. <laughs> Bankman, of course, not taking it seriously. Ray. I, I love the fucking Ray callback to the first one. Yeah. Are you a god? And, and fucking Winston and, and Peter are just like, come on, Ray. Really? Come on, man. He's like, yes, we all are. <laughs> I love how he tries it again, though. He's like, you got to return to your plane of a, a, a former existence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically the same line, but he changes up a little bit to fit Oklahoma. Yeah. And mind you, again, like this, this typhoon hurricane thing that's like just spirits swirling around this this dirt farm. Spirits and people fear it, man. They're, yeah. Yeah. And then we, of course, cross the streams. Uh, which I love seeing, but it doesn't work this time. Gozer gets hit by the fucking crossbeam and breaks that too. And then fucking flips the three OGs over the fucking Ecto-1. Which I was really happy about because I feel like it would have been really dumb if they just showed up and immediately won. Because they had this whole trap situation they've been setting up for fucking 90 minutes. Oh, they get spanked. And it's funny because Murray's like, I don't remember hitting the, this hurting this bad. And fucking Winston gets up. He's like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Ernie Hudson, by the way, the fucking the fucking MVP of this movie. Seventy five, by the way. Yeah, he he doesn't look a day over sixty. He he's so handsome and he's just bringing bringing the goods. He is so fucking happy to be there. My goodness, he's the sex appeal, as we found out at the uh, in that post credit scene, yeah. <laughs> um, which we'll get to before we wrap this up. But uh, I love how they have like one last gag with the mini Stay Puffs, where uh, they're like I said earlier, they're fucking up like the proton stream, so Trevor can't get it to act. But podcast is in the Ecto One, just smashing these things. And by the end of the movie, he comes out looking like Ray at the end with the marshmallows all over him. He's blowing him up with like the ghost taser, man. I thought that was funny as hell. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So then Finn Wolfhard finally gets his work in, and he realizes that you know they got to power this trap situation, these hundred traps that are under the dirt. And I love how he gets the idea to just shoot this like giant grid that failed previously, and then of course. All these traps light up at the same time while the three original Ghostbusters, uh, Paige, and even Harold Ramis, Egon himself, his ghosts are there. And they're all kind of going at it and, and firing at Gozer as Gozer and all uh, their minions get taken out. 
Yeah, well, th- so before Finn Wolfhard shoots that thing, McKenna Grace steps up to save the three OGs. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. And she's just like, you know, get away from her, you bit. No, she doesn't say that. But she, <laughs> she, she, she shoots Gozer with the fucking pack, dude. And and she's getting, like, pushed back by Gozer's, like, beams. This, this is like Gohan versus Cell. Uh, I'm into it, man. And then you just see that ghostly hand, like, grab the the neutrona wand and like help her like steady and like hold her and it was just like oh fuck like and then like all the ghostbusters are tearing up but ray especially is like oh my god i knew you'd come uh and he looked and harold ramus looks so good they did such a great job yeah um on his on his character the cg character and uh yeah then they're then they're all dude they're all fucking standing together again like oh my god i i'll give it a week or two but i gotta fucking post that somewhere whether it's just on my personal facebook or what but that was such an image it was great and they just look at each other now the best thing they could have done is what they did they didn't have him speak yeah and i I, i'm into that right like they didn't need him to say anything because he didn't have to no he he, and then of course when they defeat gozer i love how he gets a moment with his family before he goes back to the afterlife or to the afterlife rather he yeah he makes amends you know he sees mckenna grace and he sees finn and then he hugs his daughter and then dissipates into the ether and it's really sweet and sentimental and fucking great and then, of course, Vankman breaks the sentimental shit, and he's like, he's like, all right, I guess we're all gonna go inside for some hot cocoa or whatever. Ah, uh, Bill Murray's fine in this, but I feel like he's out of the three. He was the least uh, enthusiastic, but I think he's just old, man. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too many Wes Anderson movies on his belt. Not a complaint. I'm just saying he's a little bit more uh, pulled back in a lot of those films. And then, and then that's kind of it. I, one thing I wanted to note was uh, Gozer doesn't have like that bubbly hair shit all over all over them this time. It's like this kind of like bony, spiky structure. I was into it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I thought that was fine. And I kind of love how the movie ends with uh, the uh, the mid credit scene where you see... Oh, yeah, yeah. So 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 it ends, and I was like, that was great. But then one of the last names you see is Sigourney Weaver. Oh, yeah. And, and Sean, Sean out loud in the theater is like, well, Sigourney Weaver? I didn't see Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> and right when he says that, it cuts to like a scene of like Bill Murray and uh, Sigourney Weaver doing the fucking... Uh, the electric chest. You know, the ESP cards from the first film. Yeah, yeah, that was perfect. That was a great little joke. I thought that was a cute little thing to have her in it that they're married i mean you could see in the trailer you know venkman's got the wedding ring on where's oscar that's what i want to know is he gonna be in this sequel hey man he's gonna be in the sequel yeah no it's a, it's a sweet little like this is what happened and it was like a happily ever after kind of thing which was fine and especially and again i can see them doing that especially with the blowback from fucking star wars and all that stuff you know and i think that might have influenced a little bit but i, I also think that like yeah, that totally would have happened because we're not in a galaxy far, far away. Like, they, they would have gotten together, especially after Ghostbusters 2, and that, 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 that's it. And also, like, you can't do Ghostbusters, like, a, as a continuation without Sigourney Weaver. Like, I, I, you just can't. Even in that little cameo, she was perfect. We forgot to mention Annie Potts, which is the best part. Oh, yeah, that was funny as hell when they first get to the uh, dirt farm because they get evicted from their house. Yeah. And uh, she's, like, the realtor, and she's trying to, like, you know, warm up to him. Like, yeah, Egon, he was a great man. And, but uh, they're like, oh, is this all he left us? Like, yeah, it left you a mountain of debt, too. Well, well, she infers, uh, the, the mom infers, I'm sorry, I forgot her name. The mom infers that, like, 
was was Annie Potts like seeing him and he, she's like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "I just kept the fucking power on." Yeah. What, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? I'm just, the, I you know, I just handled the fucking the phones or whatever. Which then you find out in this post credit scene, she you know, Winston went on to build this massive business. Uh, you don't really find out exactly what it is, some kind of sales business or maybe it's like a coaching kind of thing. Like you don't know. It's just Winston's very successful. It's a great way that they do it, too, because they use the deleted scene from the first film. Yes. With the World's Fair coin. Right. Egon giving it to her at the end of the first movie. And she and the joke is that she's like, she's all right. You could take it. I got another one at home. And then it cuts to her with the coin. And then it's her in Winston's office. Oh, I love how Winston says... They gave me the tools and the talent. Yeah, and and yeah, I'm with that. And like, it's cool because, again, we're talking. Uh, we talked about it briefly on those watchalongs, but like the original, one of the original ideas was that Ghostbusters Inc. thing, where it was like all over the world. And now Winston has the power to do that. And he's like, well, maybe he he says I'm a wealthy businessman. I've done this. I'm that. But I'll always be a Ghostbuster. He says. Yeah. And you kind of get the idea that, you know, through Janine, I would assume Winston was keeping that dirt farm, you know, the bills paid, much like he's paying for Ray's bookshop. Oh, yeah, he's paying for fucking Ray's bookshop. They straight up say that. And, like, it's just kind of a sweet thing. And He's paying it forward. Yeah, he pay, he's paying it forward, and he ends up buying the firehouse back, and he he didn't know where Ecto-1 was, and he finally gets it back, and uh, that last shot is Ecto-1 getting pulled into the fucking firehouse, and he puts his hand on it and, like, pats it. and like I... Yeah, well, he says back at the farmhouse, he's like, oh, I'm gonna get you all fixed up, baby. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which I love, because there's, like, there's a little bit of that in the first two films, but I feel like that's a little bit from more so from the cartoon, but I really love that. I, I literally said in the theater, that's all I wanted from Winston. I was like, oh, I love it. And Winston, it, again, like, he was, he's the best. Winston's the best. Again, he says it. We already joked about it a couple times on this and on the uh, stream, but, you know, he tells uh, Janine, like, what everybody was in the movie. I can't remember what he, what he refers to, like, Win I think he says, like, oh, yeah, raise the heart. But I just, that the fact that he's like, I'm the sex appeal. Because she's like, oh, what were you? He's like, sex appeal. Oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, he, I think he says Egon was the brains, Ray was the heart, and Vankman was the style and i was the i was the sex appeal i don't know I'm, I'm into that i thought that was funny as hell but but the actual last shot of this film you know in the post credits at least is a shot of the fucking containment unit with the light blinking red oh yeah well actually if you want to get technical technical the last shot of this is a blink and you'll fucking miss it <laughs> logo of the little state puff guy with the fucking the the no ghost symbol over him i Kind of thought that was hilarious, but I hope if they make a sequel, that's not the logo. <laughs> I don't mind it. So with that being said, right, all of this whole review being said, this ripe review, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I don't think it was the best movie ever. I thought it was a great closing to, to that three. They, we finally got Ghostbusters 3, and I'm okay with this final product. And, like, if we go beyond this, Godspeed, maybe I won't be there for all of it. I'll definitely check it out, but... I'm glad that we got this. It was like the it was like the end the end of the we 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 finally reached the 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 uh, uh, the nirvana of the series. I guess is what I'm saying. You know, the afterlife of the series. You know, here it is. Yeah, I, I'm really curious to see if this gets a sequel. I mean, I don't know how well it's doing, but I guess you know only time will tell. And last time I checked, it was 60 mil at the box office. Okay, well that's not too bad actually, because you know they could go a couple different directions with it. We could come back. With, you know, the characters from this film, or maybe they just say, let's introduce a new, a new set of characters. Maybe that's when you get your adult Ghostbusters. I, I like. But I'm okay with that, especially if Winston starts, like, the Ghostbusters Inc. thing and, like, a training thing. Like, I'm kind of into that. Same. However, Jason, somebody asked Jason Reitman about 
the ties to Ghostbusters 2 and how it kind of ignores it. And it definitely does not ignore Ghostbusters 2. It's just main, it, it has a broader focus on um, Ghostbusters 1. Right, because Ray mentions it straight up when he's on the phone with Paige. Ray mentions it, uh, the toasters in the movie, all kinds of little things like that. Um, but Jason Reitman was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, if there's if the sequel's greenlit, we're going to explore some other things uh, with that, kind of hearkening back to the second one and stuff. And it's like, please, for the love of Christ, look, you did it. You had your Force Awakens, right? I do not want to see Vigo again. I just don't. I don't want to see them do that again. No, God. Now, that would be a mistake. Like, like y- you bridge the gap. Now, let's try something different, right? You you took you, you took the old with the new and you made this movie. N- now this is what the, now going forward is what they should have done with like Star Wars. Like now it's the new characters. Yeah, yeah, and that's fine with a with a little peppering of the old ones. Like put Winston in there. I'm I'm fine with that. Put Ray in there. I'm fine with put put them all in there. It's fine. Yeah, I mean I I mean you don't even need Bill Murray. He could have a cameo at most. We don't need him as long as you got no the other two. I'm fine. No, totally. And like they don't even need to have gigantic parts in it. it like that's okay with me. Um, but just do something different. You don't need to go back to the fucking well. Now you have the freedom to, you've broken the barrier, right? Like you've gone from the old to the new and now we're into the new. So let's see if you're going to go for a sequel. I don't mind callbacks, but make it its own thing now at this point. Yeah, I have to agree. I'll be one of the first people to say if it's good or bad. Oh, sure. Uh, but, uh, let's wait and see. In a few years, maybe we'll uh, have another Ghostbusters rep review. Yeah. Uh, I had a great time. I know Sean had a great time. Um, definitely go check this out for yourself. This is not going to be for everybody. And if this is not your fucking sauce, uh, to begin with, and you're one of those fucking elitist assholes for the first movie and hate the second one and all that, like, you're going to hate this one, so don't even bother. But, uh... If you're looking for a good time, especially if you got kids, it's a good time to be alive because this fucking film feels really good, cozy, and uh, fresh, and uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun, I gotta say. Yeah, it's absolutely fresh. I will have to agree with that. We were cheering. We were laughing. I cried. I, I don't know about Sean. <laughs> I was crying. Nah, I, I didn't cry. I, I can't say that, but I did like it a lot. I wasn't weeping in the middle of the theater, but I was. I, I had tears going down the face for sure. Um, you know, it's it hits it hits the notes that I that I wanted it to. It might not be the film that I always wanted in my head, but it was a good film. Put it that way. I totally agree. And uh, and yeah, uh, I. <laughs> I don't even know the next ripe review that's coming, but we will catch you. <laughs> baby Oopsie Daisy. Oh, Christ, yeah, we still got to do Oopsie, uh, Baby Oopsie Daisy. That's coming. That that might not be till 2022 at this point, but it's coming eventually, guys. <laughs> it's coming. We'll do something special for that because I want to revisit Demonic Toys and maybe Demonic Toys vs. Dollman or something, or Demonic Toys 2 or something and kind of patch it all in together and do like a little special on it. That'd be nice. Maybe even get uh, William Butler on the show. Let's let's see, let's see how it goes. But uh, until next time, folks, uh, we will catch you on the next Ripe Reviews. If you want some more good, bad, and god-awful movie goodness, head over to moviedumpsterpodcast.com and follow us on all of your favorite social media and streaming platforms. You can also head on over to our Patreon page and sign up for the 2 5 or $10 tiers for monthly exclusive content, or drop by our merch store and grab yourself uh, some non-committal swag. Yeah, and for no money at all, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to support your favorite show. 